Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Mongols podcast, where tonight we have wins all around Pittsburgh to talk about, but mainly we spend most of our time talking about the one that you're all here to listen to most. It's the Hounds win over the Red Bulls on a sunny Saturday night at Highmark, 3-0 over the Red Bulls, great win. Tonight I'm joined by just Josh, Mike is away, and so let's get into it. I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. Nine point weekend for soccer in Pittsburgh. So, Josh, you know what that means. Hey. Uh, yeah, so I only have one uh, victory beverage, even though it's uh, should be nine points, but uh, yeah, it'll have to <laughs> do. I made the joke off air that, yeah, that, that means nine victory beverages, right? And it's like, no. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's bad math. <laughs> <laughs> divide by three. Um, it's a weekday. I can't have that many victory beverages. <laughs> go, yeah. Drink responsibly, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, going through what the, you know, what those nine points mean, um, Steel City FC beat Lehigh Valley 3-1. Um, Pittsburgh Hotspurs beat FC Buffalo 4-1. And, of course, your Pittsburgh Riverhounds beat Red Bulls 3-0. Um, other interesting soccer things before we dive into the Red Bulls game that, that's happening currently. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team beat Spain today 2-1 to progress to the quarterfinals um, where they'll play France. And Josh, what you mentioned, uh, the uh, yeah, US the men's team. gold cups going on right now as well. Uh, U.S. men's national team they beat uh, Trinidad and Tobago six uh, zero. Uh, so that was a, a nice little surprise. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, but you know, seeing that many goals in the men's team, especially this men's team, yeah, they, they celebrate, celebrate all of them. I don't yeah, know uh-huh. if you saw, but uh, <laughs> woof, you know, embarrassing. But uh, <laughs> I know, I know really, li- I I know next to nothing about what the gold the gold cup. Yeah. Do you do you have any knowledge on what that is? I mean, Essentially, that... Concacaf. It's 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 played through all of Concacaf. So every okay. team that's in Concacaf, they have like essentially a mini tournament, just like World Cup. So there's group stages. Right now we're in a group stage. We're in Group D, okay. um, with uh, Panama and Trinidad Tobago. And uh, who do we beat first? Uh, Guayan or Guana? I can never say their name right. But anyway, we beat them first, and uh, yeah, we just beat Trinidad. So we still have to pay, play Panama, I believe. And then what? I mean, so I know like the Copa America is happening this summer too, right? But I, I once again, I know nothing about the competition other than um, it includes the major South American teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never understood why it doesn't also include North American teams. Maybe it does, and it's just happening later. I'm um, the wrong person to ask. I, I am definitely a homer, so when it comes to soccer, I, I know the most about the local teams, and as far as going farther out and farther out, I know less and less. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I was going to get into this whole, like, geography theory about um, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 you know, if you're out there and listening, and if you're interested and if you're getting excited about the Cop America, um, you know, let us know. Tweet at us. We can talk about it a bit more, because um, I think it will be exciting. Um, I mean, yeah, there's tons of soccer happening this summer, um, so there's always always stuff to talk about. But uh, our base here uh, tunes in to, li- uh, to to listen to us talk about the Riverhounds, and um, man, what a what a couple 
couple weeks they're having. Uh, things are turning around. Things are looking bright, even though both of us right now are experiencing a storm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. So, so the so the Hounds beat uh, the Red Bulls three uh, nil. The story of the match. Um, we're gonna kind of go through it, kind of time like through a timeline style and start at the beginning, finish at the end, and talk about our broad thoughts. Um, so. A, I guess before we even talk about, I don't know, uh, the, the happenings of the game, were you surprised? Let's talk about lineups. Um, were you surprised at all at, at the lineups that we saw? Um, I, well, I, don't, I don't think he made really any changes. Um, no, it was a pretty, um, it was a strong lineup. It was a lineup that I think is what we've been expecting to see more and more of. Uh, Frankie kind of surprised me just because you never know if Frankie's going to make it into the lineup as a defender. Right. Uh, Mertz seems to be a solid, uh, you know, guarantee at this point. So having Mertz in there isn't a big surprise. But everyone else, I mean, I mean Adewale, James, Greenspan, Land, uh, Tommy V, like uh, all the usual suspects, Brett, Dos Santos, uh, you expect to see all these players. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought it was a strong lineup. And uh, I guess maybe also touch on the fact that we got the official word that uh, Lungard, uh, or I said his name wrong. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Ben Lungard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I said it right. Okay, cool. I always feel like I'm saying it wrong. But yeah, he, uh, he got called back to crew. So he's gone, and that means we only have two keepers at this point. Uh, I mean, surely they can't get injured, right? No, I, especially <laughs> Pittsburgh keepers. I mean, they're... Oof, they're made of solid steel. They'd never get hurt. Never happens. Nope. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Kyle Morton gets the nod. Although I, don't, I feel like we haven't seen um, we haven't seen Austin Pack start for a while. Yeah, it's been mark? a while. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I just wanted to confirm that with you. So yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, you know, I think Kyle's had some trouble early on in the season, but he's he's played the past couple games pretty well. Um, I'm, I, have, I have no, I don't know. I have, I have no arguments with with him starting mainly because I don't know I still I, th- I still think we need to improve on our keeper situation but um, right now I think Kyle's ha- having a good run but yeah I mean like like you said I mean the it's it's the standard back line you know the uh, you know Forbes and Mertz for me are, are making a case for just their boss in the midfield right now uh, and then Brett and DeSantos for whatever reason seems to get the uh, are, are getting the nod ahead of Valeski. Um, I, it's a weird one with, with Valeski. I feel like Valeski hasn't had a, a, a long run in the, in the side all season. Um, that's kind of reserved for both Brett and DeSantos. Um, he seems to be, he, he, I don't know. Lily, Lily keeps picking Brett and DeSantos, even though I think, I don't know, I've, I've been encouraged every time I see Valeski play. And, I, and I, I see positive things out of Valeski. Is there any, do you have any thoughts around? Yeah, I mean, like, Valeski, I, I feel like he has a lot of potential, but when he has had the start in, uh, I think he, he had the start in the Open Cup and some other games, and he didn't really perform all that great compared to Brett and DeSantos. I don't feel like he is a huge, uh, you know, up in in skill level or anything like that. Right. So I, I understand why he's not getting the start, but I do think he is a good player, and I feel like him and of Larde, I, they are great off the bench and yeah. they can usually bring in some fresh legs and attacking power and you know the defense of the other team can't just kind of rest when dos santos and brett get subbed off uh which is great because you always want to have that answer to that yeah i mean and and 
So I, I just briefly, I, I went back and, and looked at our game against Atlanta um, last week, and uh, it, 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 I'm confirming it is the exact same starting yeah. lineup. Every, everyone plays the same. Um, you know, Kerr keeps getting a run in. I thought, you know, I'd, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I'm already starting to like <laughs> say, like give player ratings for the match. But let's let's talk about how how the match kind of evolved. So, for me, I mean, this game was really. It, it was this game kind of divides itself on the thirty minute mark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pre pre thirty minutes, uh, you know, the Red Bulls manager would have been the happier of the two managers. I thought the Red Bulls came out quick. Um, they were on top of us. They they looked. I mean, for me, okay. So the Red Bulls dominated the first thirty minutes, and it, but to me, it, it almost looked like they were more fit than us. And I, th- I think my opinion on that kind of changed as the, as the game evolved because I think as I mean, no, granted, yeah, they go down to ten men eventually, so we're gonna look like we're, we have more energy than them and all that kind of stuff, but. I, I I don't think that ended up being the case. I, I think we kind of matched their fitness later on in the game, and we didn't seem to drop our energy levels that much. It just seemed like they the Red Bulls came out and just were, were more up for it. They were more ready, and we kind of looked like a, a deer caught in the headlights a little bit. Yeah, um, I definitely thought they were the more dominant team in that first 30 minutes, and they they were just doing what the Red Bulls do, and why we always talk about the Red Bulls having high-scoring games, either for or against, is because they attack, they press, they're, they're all going forward, and it's one of the situations where if you can break that down, you're going to get one by them and get a goal, but if you can't, you're going to have to absorb a lot of pressure, and Honestly, I, I even though it was exciting and it looked like that the Red Bulls were dominant, I thought they absorbed that pressure really well. There yeah. wasn't even that many like opportunities for them to shoot on goal in that first 30 minutes, and I didn't feel like uh, Morton had as much of an issue that first 30 minutes. In fact, his best save came later in the yeah. game, not not during that first 30. So, uh, yeah, I was surprised by the the fact that we were able to absorb it as well as we were. Um, not surprised in the grand scheme of things because we we know we have a great defense and last year is you know kind of not too much has changed from last year to this year so it, I shouldn't be surprised but this year has given me a little bit of pause so it was nice to see that reassurance be like oh yeah this is what we've been missing this is that defense that you know keeps strong and makes it so we can get into a game later on and don't have to go up by three goals right at the beginning yeah no it, yeah we we definitely defended in numbers really well. Um, yeah, the Red Bulls just lacked a bit of a cutting edge. I mean, they, they were in control, but yeah, every time that it felt like they got close to our 18, they kind of ran of, ran out of ideas. And I mean, they they had maybe one or two chances where, you know, if they had someone who was, you know, a bit better on finishing on the day, you know, maybe they maybe they slotted in or whatever. But like, I think one. You know, a ball flashes across the 18, and one of their players gets like an open shot, and he kind of puts it over the bar, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was, but but really, for you know, for 30 minutes, when they had that much control, and we we kind of let them have, you know, only one real kind of half chance or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not bad. It, we did control, we, we we did control the kind of you know our, our defense pretty well. After the 30 minutes. Um, we, I felt like we started to grow into the game, and and to get so I, I felt like on thirty minutes we we started to grow into the game, and on by forty, you know, Brett gets his goal. Um, <sighs> yeah, we'll talk about that. I, 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 I think 
I think the change started to happen where this is kind of a thing I've been banging on all season about. Um, in, in order to use both Frankie and James, which I thought both of them had another really good game uh, against the Red Bulls, but in order to use them, you kind of need to give them just a little bit of time to get up the field and and like arrive and, and be attacking and all that kind of stuff. I feel like too often we we play too direct and then the play breaks down and they're still trying to chase you know chase the play and get up and support and all that kind of stuff. There there was one or two times around the 30th minute mark where we kind of put our foot on the ball and, and slowed it down and controlled it a little bit more in the midfield and that allowed us you know to get James and Frankie higher up the field and we were actually able to utilize them and there's a couple times where before Brett's goal but you know Frankie and James puts in a great cross and we have Brett and DeSantos crashing the net and, and we almost get a goal off it I think the first couple of chances we get are from that I think I remember one where Kerr kind of picks it up like 25 yards out and my first my first thing was like I, he, he might shoot he might shoot I kind of wanted him to shoot because yeah. we haven't had a we haven't had a, like a chance like all game but he just holds it holds it holds it J, you know James comes up and, and he lays it off to James and James puts in a great ball and we almost score off of it and um I thought that kind of started to turn the tide but uh but yeah then Brett's goal my god uh, that okay well first off seeing the goal live uh, all the way on the other side of the field in the Paul Child stands and just seeing it loft over and like it looks like it's gonna go way over like from yeah. our position where it's like well that was a half chance or whatever that was and then suddenly you just see the net like billow you know like you kind of see it and you're like wait that that's in oh my oh my god <laughs> like like that was a chip that was a huge chip and then going back and watching it i think every everyone pretty much just like pulls it up on their phones like we're trying to see the replay um uh at, at halftime and yeah that goal is just so good yeah it's it's, it's, it's up right now for goal of the week uh by usl so that, that tells you something that was a awesome goal have you have you looked at the other goals of the week contenders? Like, does it have a good shot? I feel I like it has a good. So he, yeah, here's here's my thing about the goal is I mean, I, look, me and you talking about it and everyone listening to this, we understand like I don't know how good of a goal it is and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's actually a much more difficult goal than it looks, and and I, and I think you you agree with me on that and all that kind of stuff. I, I think a you know he he you know barely kind of drops that in underneath the crossbar. B if you if you go for that and miss it, you look like an idiot. You know, like if if you if you're one on one with a keeper, and you try to chip him from you know like what was it like twenty yards or whatever. Yeah. And you put it over, like everyone in the stadium is on your back. And so like, and and Brett just kind of shrugs it all off. He's like, no, I'm gonna go for it. And and he pulls it off, and he makes it look so easy. And I promise you, it's not. It's a very difficult thing that Brett did, and it was it was great. Um, so I hope, yeah, I hope the rest of the league recognizes that and he gets goal of the week. So it'd be great. <laughs> It'll be awesome. And also with that, I mean, just keep in mind, goal of the week is a popularity contest. So yeah. if you are listening, go to the website, USL Championships website, and uh, just uh, vote for it a couple times. You know, you can do private browser, you can do Safari <laughs> browser, you, like all uh, use all your different browsers. You can probably vote about seventeen times if you do it right. Uh, yeah, back <laughs> <Act> the <laughs> This is this is not a real vote. It's fine. You can you can totally cheat. It's, no one cares. Um, but yeah, and then also just one more thing about that goal is uh, so I didn't get the chance to hear the the, <laughs> the commentary. I believe it's a uh, Paul Child or was it a uh, 
Who was doing the commentary? I, I think it was yeah, Paul Child. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Paul Child. And him just saying chip, chip, chip. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and him being so satisfied after the chip. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I must have listened to that probably about like 30 times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. Kaika and, and Paul Child are great uh, on, on the commentary. Um, but yeah, so that kind of finished, uh, yeah, it finished off what was turning out to be you know a stronger first half for the hounds uh i think after that the the red bulls looked a little bit deflated and honestly i, I mean it, i think we we picked up where we left off in the second half um i thought we we didn't lose any steam at halftime um leading up uh, well i guess qu- quickly before that too i i want to just go back to brett real quick it it did kind of come out of nothing in a way um Funky Zio had the ball deep in our half, and he just like he he booted it up the field with no intention. Like there there wasn't like you could see in his face he he wanted to kick it higher than like any like than be precision. He wanted to buy the team time. He just wanted to kind of kick it up. And Dos Santos brings it down beautifully with like three Red Bull players all around him. He holds all of them off, buys himself a little bit of time, and then threads a beautiful ball through to Brett. So it, this really was just. You know, two players in Dos Santos and Brett doing two great things. I yeah, I I don't I don't want to underplay Dos Santos's role in Brett's goal because it was it was great. You know, the amount of strength and control he showed, and then the vision and the pass and the technique and all that kind of stuff to thread Brett through. I'm mainly doing this because I think, um, as great as Brett's goal is, you know, as as we talk about the later goals, I I, I think Dos Santos probably deserves men of the match. Um, so I don't want to make I don't I don't want to I want to make sure we don't forget his role uh, in, oh, in yeah, Brett's goal either. Um, but but yeah. So anyway, so going on to the second half, um, I thought we picked up where we left off in the first. Um, I I want to so I I don't I, I want to go back a little bit for how the second goal was created. So we get it off of a corner and blah, 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 and Forbes puts in a great ball and Dos Santos's header was commanding on all that kind of stuff. But the thing that led to the corner, Kerr did this turn <laughs> on, on the Red Bulls defender. I don't know if you remember it. And, uh-huh, and if, uh-huh. if you're, I don't even know if it's on the highlights because I haven't watched the highlights. I only it's not on the highlights. Games. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, cause like I, I would have never guessed Kerr would ever do this, but anyway, so Kerr has the ball. Um, he's, he's on the left side of the field and, and he has the ball on, on the, like he's by the touchline. He, he by, by, by the, I don't know, is touchline like the end line or the, I never get those. I, I just say in line. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's on the left side of the field by the white line <laughs> and the Red Bulls player is closing him down. And I, it's, I don't know the name for it, but he essentially like, does a like a back heel drag with his opposite foot and does like a 360 and just completely leaves the red uh, the red bulls player in the dust and just goes right by him and he makes him look like a fool <laughs> and uh and then and he drives down the left wing and he ends up winning winning us a corner um when kerr did that i was like holy crap i had never seen kerr do something like that i've never seen kerr try to like pull off a trick in in the game i was i was really surprised 
Yeah, I mean, he's usually much more of a straightforward player, and he's he, you know he does the work and that kind of stuff. But he's not like a showboat type player or someone who's doing FIFA moves. Yeah, uh, you know, trying to do back heels and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is gonna come to something, and it didn't. You're like, oh, okay, went to a corner. That's good, I guess. Uh, you know, it's always good to have a corner. But yeah, the 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 goal as well though. I mean, the if we talk about the corner now, it, that goal. Uh, I expect I always expect it to go to Greenspan. Yeah. Like I'm kind of just like waiting for it now. It's kind of rote. Like okay, is this going to Greenspan? So when it kind of it didn't. One, we didn't kick it so hard that it went over the goal like we've seen so many times, and it just gets you know overkicked. It actually was a good kick, and it it went right to him, and he just redirected it, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it it was literally it was the textbook perfect corner i mean yeah it was i don't even think dos santos was was really like challenged that much it almost looked like he had a free run to the front post and he just had a free header road it was commanding it was powerful but he put his neck muscles into it and he just fired it in the back of the net uh no it was a great corner yeah forbes had a great delivery with it and everything um no and 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 i think quickly going back to like the kerr move i don't know i think that's I'm going to read into it here and say that that's a sign that maybe spirits around the dressing room might be changing for the better. I mean, you know, you don't do that when you're on the ropes and everyone's kind of feeling pressured and stressed and all that kind of stuff. You know, when when you feel like you're on the ropes and your back's against the wall and you really need results and blah, 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 you know, you're you're trying to play as as, you know, logical and and you don't want to screw up and all that kind of stuff you know to me those kind of tricks by a player like Kerr suggest to me that like yeah everyone's feeling good everyone's feeling confident and and everyone's kind of on it and I don't know I'm 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 probably reading too much into it but I I'm I almost kind of want to see a little bit more of of things like that because to me that indicates people are playing without pressure people are playing without stress they're playing free they're playing how they want to play and all that kind of stuff and and uh yeah, I don't know. I just loved it. It, it might it, be it some honest. tea leaves. It might have some tea leaves there. Uh, reading a little bit much into it, but I will say that the the energy was positive as far as like seeing them on the field, and I didn't feel like anyone was like, you know, barking at each other or anything yeah. like that. It definitely did feel like a very fun atmosphere, and it, it helps when you know you're winning and and you're you're having a good game, and they were having a good game, especially. I feel like. Tides turned after that goal yeah. uh, in the 30th minute. And from there on out, it felt like a fun time. And then, so what? So that was around the 50th minute that Dos Santos gets his header and we get the second. Um, we eventually get the third goal like in the si- around the 60th minute, so only 10 minutes later. But what? Morton's biggest save of the night came yes. between these two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, I mean, he came up big. I I, I'm, I can't recall off the top of my head. Okay, so I'm looking at the stats now. So I, the Red Bulls had five shots on target, which yeah, it's not it's not the two or the one that we usually give up. You know, Morton was busy, and so you know to to kind of constantly you know be there when he's called upon and and come up with this big save. You know, around the fiftieth fifty fifth minute or whatever in between our, our second and third goal is pretty big. Yeah, that goal was, uh, or that opportunity they had, it was around the 54th uh, minute or something like that. It was it was a very good opportunity for them. They, they were able to pass it through traffic uh, to their attacking player, and he was pretty much one-on-one with Morton, and Morton came out and didn't hesitate and made himself big and was able to, you know, 
uh, block the shot, and it was impressive. It was a situation where easily earlier this season we could have seen that just go right by him, or you know, I I don't feel like it was just like oh he got lucky because it did feel like he he made a decision and he stuck with it. He tracked the ball, uh, which is great. He didn't kind of like try to track back at all or anything like that. So it, it was a a great moment where I feel like Morton needed these moments uh, in this game, especially in this part of the season, because he's kind of being put out there as the number one now, and he needs to kind of like command it. And I feel like he's doing that. It, and I saw that what he he got in. Tell me if I'm right on this. I think he got in on the victory selfie with the Steel Army afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we had him and. I believe DeSantis was the other one, or my... Uh, yeah. No, not even in it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was upset. They said, you get in the middle. It was to the left, not the middle. And I was like, oh, whatever, you guys. Jerks. <laughs> yeah, it was DeSantis and Morton. I mean, and look, it's it's a small thing, but I, I, I think, you know, it matters to those players, you know, to, to kind of get the cuddles and feel the love from the fans <laughs> and everything like that. So, you know, if you're Morton and... and Look, he'll be his own biggest critic. You know, we, we've we've criticized him on this podcast, but you know, him being a professional, he he knows the standard that he sets up for himself, and he knows that you know he he should you know should be doing better and that kind of stuff. And he's he's played well the past couple of games, and and to feel that kind of immediate love and reaction from the fans, I'm sure will will do him a lot of good. Um, and then yeah, so Dos Santos once again at the center of the third goal. Uh, and it ends up going to Bonky uh, Zeal. Bonky Zeal kind of gets it off a rebound and just kind of pushes it in um, with his left foot. Another set piece goal. Um, I can't, you know, I, off the top of my, I don't, I don't know how many set piece goals we've we've had this season. Um, it it feels like we still should have more with those Santos and Greenspan, especially because <laughs> Greenspan what maybe has does Greenspan have a goal this season? I don't think he does. Uh, I don't believe so. No, and we have we have good deliveries with Forbes and and Kerr. Um, so you know, look, we should we we should you know we we get two set piece goals in this game. Um, I'm not saying we should be getting two set piece goals every game, but um, you know this this brings it up higher to to an expected average from for what I would expect with the, with the amount of height we have in the side. Um, but yeah, so I, I forget who brings in the, who takes the corner for the third goal, um, but Dos Santos once again. Uh, gets his head to it. Uh, their keeper makes a save. It, it drops down. Vonky Ezeal is like kind of right next to the keeper, and, and he kind of pushes in with his left foot. Uh, Vonky Ezeal gets his goal, which great for him because I think you know he's he's had a weird season where, <coughs> excuse me, um, last season he's arguably one of our players of the season, and this season I think he's he, he's kind of been all over the place in, in weird positions. He's he's given away penalties and. Um, so for him to get his goal, I, I thought he had a fine match again today. Um, you know, that'll, that'll do them a world of good. Yeah. I mean, it was another situation where the ball went right to, uh, DeSantis and he headed it down. Um, and it, it he, the keeper just got uh, a hold of it or pretty much got a leg on it and it bounced off his leg and, uh, Tommy V was there to clean it up and get it in there. And I, I, Seeing that one, because that was right in front of us uh, in the Steel Army section. Um, seeing it, I thought maybe Tommy had like kicked the keeper at first when I saw it from behind. Uh, but watching the replay, yeah, he completely clean, got it. 
and it looked like it, it he was onside, which I was also worried about when I first saw DeSantis' yeah. head get on it. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a good goal, and they, they were in the right spots, and they were able to make it happen. And th- this was one of those goals where I feel like <laughs> we're, we're kind of scared of 2-0 leads now because of uh, we've been burnt too many times now with having the 2-0 lead and then and them coming back in and becoming a 2-2 draw. Well, that, so getting that third goal felt super important to well, us. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I completely agree with all uh, with everything you said, but if we kind of if we if we allow ourselves to have a bad memory, you know, and and we just look at the context of this game, you know, once the second goal goes in, I feel pretty comfortable and confident with the way the game is shaping up. I, I thought I thought we were playing pretty well at that point. We looked comfortable. We looked in control relatively for how well you know for how we play and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was going to ask you if you felt like, oh no, we still need a third. You know, and then the third goes in, and you know, were you able to relax after the third? Yeah, more so with the third. I mean, come on, you're, you're talking to okay. You sound like a Liverpool fan. And you say, you know, oh yeah, we got the two goals up, we're good. You know, I'm coming from a different world than you are here. And also just being a Hounds fan, not even just an Everton fan, but being a Hounds fan and just seeing how the world can crumble around you yeah. at a drop of a hat. Yeah. So having the two goals, it felt good. But it's also the Red Bulls. You know, this is going to be a high scoring game. So right. I'm expecting like at least two or three more goals in this game coming from somewhere for either team. So I was worried that it was going to be coming from the Red Bulls out of nowhere. We, we still have a little bit to talk about for the rest of the game, but let's get on that now. I, how did you think the Red Bulls played? I mean, do you do you think do you think this was a kind a vintage Red Bulls performance that we just played better than them, or do you think I don't know? But I, I'll, I'll speak first quickly. Uh, personally, I, yeah, I, I think they were great for the first thirty minutes, and I expected them to sustain that for the rest of the game, but. I thought they fell off a cliff after after that 30-minute mark, and I thought we were kind of in control. I don't want to take anything away from us. I think we played well, um, but I think I think that I think the Red Bulls struggled a little bit, especially in the second half. I mean, this is the Red Bulls, though. I feel like they they have a good tactic. They have a good strategy as far as attack, 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 and that usually works out for them. When it does work, it, it they get a lot of goals fast, and they become just a uh, you know a freight train, uh, and that's why the the games are high scoring. But we have seen in the past, like last time, I think, uh, last season, very beginning, I think we beat them, or maybe two seasons ago, like 4-0 or something like that. They have a habit of if it doesn't go their way, it really doesn't go their way, (laughs) and they fall apart. And that's that's Red Bulls to me. Like Red Bulls 2 is either going to go super high or super low as far as uh, skulls uh, for or against. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, you can kind of visually see, I mean, like the Red Bulls players' shoulders kind of slumped over. Like as soon as they go through now, and okay, so we can continue on now. Um, yeah. I, I think his name is is Kofi, is how you pronounce it for coffee, the Red Bulls? Kofi, Kofi. I always said Kofi, but it's probably Kofi. Kofi, Kofi. Um, he gets, well, he ends up getting sent off in the 65th minute. Uh, but it's not a straight red. It's it's for it's for two yellow cards. Yes. And I'm pretty sure what he gets his first yellow even after our third goal. So we score in the 58th minute. Mm-hmm. He eventually gets sent off. What would be seven minutes later? Yeah, 65th minute he gets sent off. He got his first card 63rd minute. Yeah. They were like boom boom. In fact, I didn't even see him get the 63rd minute card. Like I don't remember seeing this card. Right. I'm, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying, like, it was, yeah, it, like... It happened. I remember yeah, watching it, it on the stream. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, it was one of the things where, like, I, I totally missed him getting that card. It's probably because it was right after the goal, and yeah. we're all still, you know, like, D 
dealing with that whole mayhem in our section. But yeah, watching uh, him get the second foul, I definitely watching the replays on that one and watching it even during the game uh, on the jumbotron. Uh, yeah, that was a foul. Do you th- do you think it was like a? Do you think his his second yellow? Do you? I don't know. I don't think it was. But the first time I saw the replay, I was like, "Ooh, that could be a straight red." But I probably not. It's it's probably not. I mean, like, so okay. So for for the context, for, if you <clears throat> if you guys didn't catch her or whatever, um, I think it, it's kind of a fifty fifty, and and he gets in front. I think it's I think it's Noah Frankie. Um, him and Noah Frankie are going for the ball, and he just gets in front of Noah Frankie, and and he and he puts up an elbow and catches Frankie in the face, and Frankie goes down. Um, you know, any anytime something like that, I you know, fine. It's it's probably not. I and by the end of it, I'm like, all right, no, that's not a straight red. It's probably just a yellow, and justifiably so. Two yellows equal a red, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, to to me, he embodied that whole Red Bulls kind of like just shoulder slumping. They're like, what the heck? I don't. You know, he he's late in the tackles. I mean, his first yellow card comes from just being late in the tackle. He sits out a leg and he catches one of our players, and he's just you know foul accumulation. Finally, you know, throws up the elbow out of frustration, hits Frankie in the face. I mean, I, to me, I thought that was kind of indicative of what the entire Red Bulls team was going through at that moment. Yeah. So like, Mertz had the ball. So Mertz is going forward. He cuts in front of Coffee Cat or Kofi, whatever. He cuts in front of him. And uh, Mertz ends up falling because it gets tripped up under his feet, and that that was questionable. Like even that could have been like a a foul, not a card, but just a foul. Right. But the ref doesn't call it, so the ball is still in play, and that's when uh, Frankie gets the ball, uh, or was trying to get the ball off of him, and he came up behind him, and he was just not having it, so he just pulled the elbow back yeah. and hits him right in the face. And it's like I could I could have seen that been a red if you know he was right there as well the ref was yeah so like the ref had a perfect view of it so I feel like he probably could have done a red but I mean at that point he's on a yellow anyway so right I, it was definitely a yellow it was at least a yellow yeah no I agree yeah it's like it's one of those things where his elbow went like higher than like. It yes. needed to be, you know, usually you could use your arms to protect yourself and all that kind of stuff. And when you do that, they stay at this kind of relative height to your body and all that kind of stuff. No, this, this elbow was, was higher and it looked naughty. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, so, okay. So yeah, he goes off in the, in the 65th minute, uh, Red Bulls go down to 10 men and yeah, we just kind of put it on from there. Uh, should have been more, should have been at least Four nil. Uh, Valeski comes on, has a one on one, after uh, excuse me being being fed through um, by Mertz, uh, who, who once again we'll talk about it at the end. But I thought Mertz had a great game. Uh, but yeah, Valeski had a one on one, misses his chance. Um, do you think that can come back to bite us, like goal differential stuff? I mean, because this was an opportunity, we could have poured no, it. Yeah. I mean that's fair and it very well could be, but it's hard to complain about goals when we're talking about like what eight goals in the last two games. Yeah. So it's one of the things where uh, it's, it, June has been a great uh, month for uh, goals. Uh, so I'm not going to complain about the goal differential just because of that fact. But uh, much like uh, 
uh, Morton's save on the other side. Uh, this was an uh, opportunity for the Hounds, and it was very similar play and a very similar save by their keeper. So uh, props to Nuhu. I believe this was his first pro match. Oh, nice. Uh, so first time getting a pro match, and, you know, it has to be tough, your first pro match, and you go down by three. Right. <laughs> so uh, you, know, you let in three, but that at least he had a couple of good saves. Yeah, and, when, and I can't really, like – can't really blame him I, you know if i was a red bulls fan i, w- I couldn't really blame him for much i you know I, I think fine maybe he comes out a bit too far for brett and he kind of invites him to chip him yeah you know you can't do anything about DeSantis's header and even for the third one i mean when you get it when you kind of have to stop a header point blank you know you're it's it's a scrum in the box yeah I mean, it's it's not a situation yeah. where it, you could argue that he should be able to trap it but he didn't get it with his hands yeah he didn't push the ball away he he got with his leg and it bounced off his leg and Bolesky capitalized off of that. Right. So no, I don't, I don't think he had a terrible game. This wasn't a keeper is the issue with the team type of situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he came up big with this one because uh, that was a golden opportunity for Bolesky yeah. and it, it, ugh, it was so close. Yeah. Anyway, so kind of, kind of wrapping up here overall, I thought, you know, after a rough start, I think the hounds grew into the game really, really well. Um, I thought both uh, Frankie and James, but particularly Frankie, had a good game. Um, but I'll ask you for your man of the match. Um, for me, it's it's Dos Santos. He, he gets his goal. Um, he he does great to set up Brett's goal, and uh, he sets up Funky Zeal's goal. I thought you know Dos Santos was imperious. Yeah, I mean being involved in all three, being an integral part of all three goals. I mean that right there alone uh, gets him that man of the match. If you ask me. Um, I will say, uh, if we can go back a little bit to the subs, yeah. uh, I was kind of in- interested in the, the first round of subs on the uh, 75th minute, you know, pretty typical 75th minute subs. Uh, I feel like we're seeing that pretty much every game at this point. Right. Uh, but it was Dos Santos and Brett go out, and I would have expected it to be uh, Valeski and Velarde going in. Right. But instead, we got Mark Forrest going in. Um, I, okay. I was, yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. I guess this is a, you know, at that point you're up by three and they're down a man. So you you give force a a go. I was just kind of surprised by that. Cause I I thought for sure we would be seeing, uh, Valeski and Velarde, uh, paired in at the 75th. Yeah. I don't, what do you think about Mark Forrest? Cause what he, I think what his first start was away against Columbus in the Open Cup, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah. And he, he's seen action since. I think he's – he might have come on as a sub in, in the Atlanta game. I'm yeah, I'm sure. trying to remember. He's very – like, I honestly, I don't have much thoughts of him because he hasn't made an impression on me yet as far as what he's a- been able to do in a game. Um, I just thought it was weird that he was the one that, you know, got – the nod for coming in the 75th minute over Velarde because Velarde did come in afterwards, right? Um, closer to like the 81st minute or something like that. Uh, so he he eventually did come in. I believe he came in for Kerr, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just kind of surprised. It looks like uh, as far as Mark Forrest goes, he has two games played, uh, 26 minutes total, uh, and uh, a red card. out of of boy mark yeah yeah Uh, i believe that was his first game in the open cup he came in and just got a red card right off the bat it's like okay (laughs) gg i'm out yeah (laughs) um i don't know it could be a thing where you know lily thought you know the kind of quote-unquote big man up front was doing really well against the red bulls with dos santos having such a good game and you know forrest is the only substitute we have for that so you know maybe he he wanted to keep 
a type of player on the field and he just wanted to bring him fresh legs. I think Valeski for Brett is a very kind of, you know, like for like yeah. switch. Um, you know, and, and yeah, Velarde, I would say is it, yeah, I, I see him more in the, in the ilk of Kevin Kerr than I do any other player. So maybe this is more of a situation where Kevin was getting uh, the go to go longer in this game yeah. than it was so much that uh, uh, Force was getting the nod to get in sooner. Right. Type of situation. Yeah, it's very possible. I don't know. I would just, you know, I'm so used to seeing that Valeski Velarde right. uh, duo now uh, come in at the same time, and it's almost like you know, a one for one transfer of you know, our attacking style from uh, Dos Santos and. Uh, Nico Brett. I mean, I think you do bring up a good point, and I think you're right to focus on the subs. I mean, we we have some subs. We have some yeah. firepower now. Like we, I, I can't remember the last time we've we've been able to bring the likes of you know, a Valeski or a Velarde um, off off the bench. It's pretty strong. Yeah, it's like we, we used to be like, oh, we're bringing in Chevy Walsh or something like that. It'd right. be like, you know, cool. Like, this could be cool or this could not be like, you know, giving the guy a chance. And right. I, I, it's been a while since it's been like, okay, here's our heavy hitters. They're they're coming in and we are, they're coming out and are, you know, we also have heavy hitters coming in or feel like they could be yeah. uh, pretty heavy. So. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like pre- previously we we're kind of like kind of rolling the dice to see what we're like, yeah. oh, maybe they can do something. Whereas now you feel a bit more confident when you bring on the likes of Velarde and Valeski. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and and so I mean, we've talked about, like, you know, we, we can kind of describe how we thought the Hounds played through our kind of, you know, qualitative experience of watching the game, what we see with our eyes and describing it that way. I mean, but this, I, the stats kind of back it up as well. Um, you know, passing accuracy, once again, 76% passing accuracy, um, which, you know, if we can get around 75 percent passing accuracy game i'm yeah, happy um yeah in 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 games gone by where we haven't played well we're in the you know high 60s and you know that's that's not a good look um so high you know mid 70s passing accuracy which is great um you know 43 percent possession i'm fine with that you know as long as long as we don't get in like high 30s i think that's slightly problematic um five corners to, to the red bulls too i mean yeah i thought from a stats game, from from a stats perspective, too, I thought we had a we had a pretty solid game. Um, Are you at all concerned about the long passes? It feels like we're kind of we're still having a lot of long passes. Yeah, but I I think that's just our game. I don't know. It's it's and and I you know I think we did better with playing to that. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing direct. You just need to do it correctly. And also, that might be more indicative of this team that we're playing yeah. against. Because when you have a team who's attacking the way Red Bulls attack, the long pass can be a huge difference because you can get behind that uh, that whole line of attack right. by uh, having a surprise counter. So I, I, I don't, I'm not concerned particularly, but I know a lot of people are kind of worried that you know you're just dumping it forward, hoping for the best. Right. The whole dump and pray type of situation, which this team has fallen back on in the past, and it was it always feels like the the lesser team's tactic right. uh, that you know is getting outplayed. Yeah, no, I, it's we'll see. I don't know. I, I I think I think it's one of those things where like that kind of tactic eventually gets found out um, later in the season. Um, but I don't know. I I, to, I just I feel like we just need to see how this evolves. Um, you know, it's just I guess I guess it, it feels weird for me 
to say anything wrong against it because we just scored eight goals in two games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll have to keep an eye on it because it, honestly, I'm just looking at these you know stats for this game and seeing how many we had. I don't know if you know we're gonna have those type of stats against a team like Louisville if if we're gonna have the same tactic. Right. Um, let's go back and check that out. But I guess another question would be: uh, Is it too early to call this a you know a, a changing point, a uh, you know a turn in tides? I don't know. What do you think? I feel like again, it's it's hard to call that out so early. Like you kind of have to like have a a bird's eye view of the season before I you can kind of really for sure make that decision. Yeah. But I will say that this these last two games have been a hell of a lot of fun to watch, and it feels like the team is having fun, and it feels like it could be a turning point, and it it, it definitely has felt like that in the stands as well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more of a turning point than it was last 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 week, and you know, hopefully next week we're talking about how it's even more of a turning point, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, let's let's talk about that briefly. Well, before we talk about um, our game with with Birmingham um, on the 29th, uh, let's take a look at the standings. Um, we're we're now 10th, but we we played 13 games, and only St. Louis, who's ninth has also played 13 games who's above us everyone else who's above us has played you know more than 13 games some teams well more than 13 games uh three three teams above us have played 16 that's crazy yeah i mean, I mean three more games is a lot so you know the, the likes of you know louisville um who's in sixth has played 16 games you know they have 25 points you know we're sitting on 19 um you know louisville has a goal differential of four uh, and, and now we have a goal differential of eight, and uh, <laughs> and you know they're they're four places above us in the standings. It's weird. I don't know because like yeah, we've won two, and we've scored eight goals, and you know we've let in no, you know nothing, and our goal difference before Atlanta you know was zero, and now it's eight, and all this kind of stuff it feels great. All this build up made me it's like okay we we're gonna be like fifth right like we're gonna be high <laughs> and I, I refuse I, to get that hype yeah I, I, like this season has you know kind of been one of those roller coaster of a season especially now um and especially because we thought we were gonna roll into this season you know top of the table and and it's it's been a rough go of seeing you know like hey you can't count those you know eggs for the hatch just chickens for their hatch because it's situation right now like yeah it, it, we shouldn't be so excited about being fifth. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I will say though, I now talking a little bit about the game next week against Birmingham, it does offer an opportunity because if we do beat that, if we if we do beat them, now I'm kind of in an imaginary world. I'm saying both St. Louis and Charleston aren't playing this week, which I, I'm sure they are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if we beat Birmingham and the table stays the way it is, you know we we jump up to eighth just like that on goal difference and and points. Uh, I mean, if if we win and and Charleston just doesn't play, which you know they've played fifteen at this point, we would have played fourteen if we played Birmingham and if we beat Birmingham, um, you know we we go above Charleston on on goal difference. Um, they're at plus two, we're on plus eight, and then we would both have twenty two points and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden we go from tenth to eight. We're in the playoff spots and all that kind of stuff, and we can kind of keep rolling on. We still have games in hand on everyone else and blah, blah, blah. So I I, I think, you know, we, we talk about was Atlanta a turning point. 
God, if we can beat Birmingham, it it's like definitive. Yes, Atlanta is a turning point. <laughs> Everything changes. I, you know, if if we can beat Birmingham, which we would expect to, Birmingham right now are sitting in in thirteenth. They they have they've played fifteen, only have thirteen points. They have a negative sixteen goal difference, Jesus. which is not good. It's actually wait, that's second to worst yeah. in the league wow. in the east at least uh 18 for hartford which is not a big surprise there um yeah. <laughs> as far as the worst goal differential uh but yeah negative 16 uh they've had in the last five games four losses one draw Ooh. so it, it's 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 not a good time for birmingham and they also have two games uh so they have a game um against indy 11 on June 26th, Away, and then on the 29th, at Indy, at Indy yeah. yeah, and then on the 29th, they're playing us, so they're going to have tired legs as well, they're going to have rotation issues, they're going to be away two games in a row. No, we're going to smash them. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, let's not count our eggs before they're hatched, but this is a perfect opportunity. This game right here should be a game that we can put away, and it's going to be one of those games that are kind of addictive, that we're, you know, they, the guys have to show up, they have to do their job, and they have to put this game away, they can't just, you know, kind of like roll in and be like, we got this, and then get trounced. Because that it could easily happen if they're too confident. I don't know. I don't think it can. Come uh, on. It better not. It look, better not. <laughs> you said, look, in their, in their last five games, you're right. They've lost four and drawn one. That one they drew was against Hartford. We, like, we, <laughs> like, we, we pounded Hartford. You know, it's like Hartford aren't a good team. And they were home. Birmingham were home when they drew to Hartford. Yeah, uh, so. they're not a good team. I think we can agree on that. They're not a good team, but I'm just saying they have to show up and do the job. The Hounds do. I mean, and yeah. yeah, that's the problem because, you know, you go in there too confident and thinking this is going to be a cakewalk and you treat it like a scrimmage. And then suddenly next thing you know, you're getting beat by one of the worst teams in the league. I, The only thing that would make me think that we have to worry about Birmingham is if they somehow like get a draw or even a win against Indy. I mean, Indy right now are doing. They're second. In the, they're second in the East um, on thirty points. Um, they they have two games in hand on Tampa, who's top with thirty three. I mean, so <coughs> excuse me, I have a, a bit of a cough this week. Um, Indy. I mean, you know, Indy right now on the run of things is the kind of the talk of the East. Uh, you know, they're they're playing really well. So um, I would expect them to beat Birmingham midweek. And, and kind of demoralize them. and uh, More than they already are, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they roll in the high mark. And then, uh, you know, magic hopefully happens. Um, I, I mean, just, this is a great home stay for the Hounds yeah. because we have we, – we, we talked about it before. Uh, New York was a tough game. That was the one that we were looking at. We're like, oh, these games, like four games, this is going to be the tough one. So, like, we, we have – Birmingham, and then we have uh, Bethlehem. So both those teams are not doing too hot, and we should be able to get points on both those teams. Bethlehem's better than Birmingham, but still, uh, those are winnable teams, beatable teams. So well, and then yeah, this, and, and, yeah, and Bethlehem's you know the 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 July Fourth game at home, high Yeah, it's going to be rocking. I mean, come yeah, on, that's going to be a fun game. Yeah. But I mean, we've we've lost a, a number of our Fourth of July games. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, so I'm not. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the the one time we sell it the whole stadium. Uh, yeah. Although, I mean, once again, talking about Beth Steele's like crapness, they're they're below us in the table on at eleventh, and they've played three more games than we have. 
you know so oh yeah yeah like we, we have we have 19 points on on 13 games played they have 16 points on 16 games played so they're going at a point a game we're going at well better than a point a game um again we should these are two winnable games like i'm not saying that we we are you know overly concerned about these games i'm just saying that these are games that we we should be able to put away and should really help our standings uh our position in the standings so this is best case as far as what we would want to see uh as far as what games we want to have uh, in front of us and yeah this uh, i'm I'm looking forward to uh the birmingham game all right it's gonna be a lot of fun let's put our money where our mouth is and uh let's let's do some predictions what do you what do you think what do you think the score is gonna be when birmingham roll into town next week in the high mark oof so their games are i mean looking at their previous games it's not like they're high scoring wins as far as what they get uh trounced by right um so i would be satisfied with uh, actually three zero i think three zero is doable if we can do against new york we should be able to do it against birmingham um and i feel like that's also a good you know safe you get those three those three goals and it absorbed the pressure after that. Yeah. Well, in a way, we we put like four past Hartford earlier on in the season. No, we put well, we put past, we put three past Hartford. So yeah, no. Look, eight goals in the past two games. I fully expected to keep running. I agree. Let's go with a three nil against Birmingham. Everyone's feeling good. Turning point against Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. So uh, something else. Uh, this is a little bit of. Uh, update on the pride razor that the steel army is doing oh, so sweet. yeah we're you know we have people dedicating so much or uh pledging so much money per goal uh we actually just got over a threshold where if we score two goals against birmingham we will have raised over two thousand dollars wow um it was gonna be three goals but uh someone bumped up their pledge by two dollars a goal and that ended up making it so we only needed two goals so yeah, so it's going to be a situation where if we get two or more goals against Birmingham, we will have raised more than two thousand dollars. That's uh, for our pride raiser. That's great. So yeah, hear that, Hounds players score goals for money. Come on, let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the more you score, the more money goes to the local charity. Oh uh, yeah, freaking freaking Valeski, like on the with the one on one. Could have <laughs> can't can't waste these chances, guys. Come on. Oh, I'm just saying they have scored a lot of goals in June, <laughs> and I am not complaining because. Eight goals in the last two games. Uh, that has raised a lot of money yeah. for this pride raiser. Yeah, that's great. All right, is there anything anything else to that I've missed that that deserves talking about this week? <sighs> no, I think I feel like, I think we're good. I mean, it was it was a fun game. If you weren't there, uh, shame on you because it was a blast. Uh, the sun was freaking bright. It though. looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's a great time to have a uh, blackout? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One of the hottest days of the the, the week. Was it, it was, hot? What, what was the, it was. What was the temperature? I think it was like eighties or something like that. Or okay. not, it felt and it was just really sunny. Right. There was no cloud coverage, right. so like the sun was just beating down on us. And I don't think it went down until like the fifth or probably about the fifty fifth minute or something like that in the second half. Right. So it was like you know, Seal Army needed a visor the whole the whole game. What was uh was there any attendance numbers that went out? I mean, watching on the stream, it looked 
you know, our section was pretty good. It was pretty packed, but I, I believe it was half full. I believe we were at like 2,500, somewhere around there, maybe 3,000. Um, which I mean, that in, uh, last season that would have been good. Right. Uh, this season, I want to see 5,000 people in that stadium because yeah, sure. we have the capacity. Do you th- uh, do you think that might have a chance of happening on the Fourth of July? When oh yeah, definitely. I, I if if we're not packed on the Fourth of July, there's a problem because that's like. Even if you don't like soccer, 4th of July is the time to go to a Hounds yeah. game because you get to watch the fireworks after the game. So there's there's absolutely no reason you get dedicated parking because you can only park in that parking lot if you're a uh, ticket holder for the Hounds So <laughs> for that game. So it's like, yeah, you, that's the sweet deal of, of July 4th is come to a Hounds game because you get parking and you get to watch the fireworks on the field. Oh God! Now see, immediately, I'm just thinking like, please don't let it rain or thunderstorm. Because yeah, I I want to see a, a full high mark more than anything. Dude, last year that's what happened. It sucked. <laughs> they, they they that was the game that got played after midnight. Like that didn't uh, the whistle didn't blow until after midnight. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the first game to to go into two days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for the hounds. I mean, and yeah, it, it was terrible. I guess in, in essence, we we kind of got. <laughs> This is sad. I was just, we've we've gotten lucky after we've had one home game with nice weather. Like we've gotten lucky. The past couple of home games <laughs> have been terrible weather. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a rainy season. And I'm really hoping that Birmingham's game is a nice one as well because it looks like that's we're selling a lot of tickets. Uh, the Hounds are selling a lot of tickets, I should say, for that game. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a good turnout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you can make it, make it because this is the time to. Jump on that bandwagon. I don't care. I don't. Uh, yeah. No shame. Jump it on. Well, jump on. Welcome that. all bandwagon yes. fans. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the stands full. All right. Let's let's wrap this up. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items, but not scarves, for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves. Official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com to hear all the shows that we've been putting out, including the post-game full 90 shows. Um, Also, you can click over to our merch store and get some sweet merch where you can get a Mongols hat, you can get a victory beverage mug, a lily ball shirt, and more. Uh, You can follow us at mongols on twitter or email us please email us please let you please let us know what we're doing wrong if you have comments or if you want to get something in a more long form that you can't do on twitter email us email us at mongols at bgn.fm and mongols pod on instagram head over to itunes and spotify and google podcasts and all those stuff wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to the show please leave us a review it, it helps us a ton more than you think um, otherwise, let us know what you thought about the show, and thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>